coming up. So when I understand it's not over, it helps me operate in faith so that whatever I do, say, or think is in faith, not in my feelings, not in my opinion. It's in faith. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. For followers of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior marked the beginning of eternal life with God. In this four-message series, It's Not Over, learn more about living in God's will in practical ways. Here is Pastor Rob with the third message in the series, I messed up again, part one. So I want to draw your attention to Judges chapter 13. And we're going to be looking at verses one through five. And I'll be reading from the New International Version. The New International Version, Judges 13, one through five. It reads, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. I'm going to pause for a moment. I want us to... Get this in our spirit. The first word in the verse says, again. (laughs) Can anybody relate to again? Okay. He says, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And I'm going to ask you again, can anybody relate to again? Yeah. We sung earlier that he knows my name. Yeah. He he knows your name and he knows the evils you've done too. Again and again. He knows them. And the text tells us again, they did evil in the sight of the Lord. And then it goes on to tell us, so the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. That was a 40 year again. Y'all can't walk with this now. <laughs> it, they, they, they did evil on the side of the Lord, and it cost them 40 years. They felt the impact of that doing of evil for 40 years. I, I, I believe that somebody today can relate that there was some evil that was done maybe 40 years ago. <laughs> and it, it, you're still dealing with the residue of it, because the Bible's clear that we reap what we sow. God forgive us, but that don't take away the consequences. All right, don't take away the consequences. It don't change all of that. You're forgiven. God said, okay, you're cool, but hey, you planted this seed, and it's going to grow. So they did evil again, and it cost them 40 years. Wow. Wow. I'm I'm making a point about this because sometimes I don't think we're just motivated enough not to do wrong. We just don't have enough motivation. It's like, you know, know, sometimes we need a little bit more motivation to do right. I know it's right about it because I know me. I know sometimes I need some motivation to do right, you know. See, just just think about relationships, marital relationships, you know, relationships where you have a commitment. It may not even be a marital relationship. Maybe a relationship that you made a commitment in. um, That uh, there are a lot of reasons for you to fulfill that commitment, 
There, there are a lot of ways that can motivate you. Just look, if we look at marriage, look at marriage, and you, you got some kids, you, you, your love for your kids can motivate you to, you know, you know what? I love my kids too much to be just getting them on the weekend. You know, that can be your motivation. It could be your motivation for love of God could be your motivation. You know, Lord, I love you too much to do wrong in this relationship. You know, you can say, Lord, I even love myself too much to put myself through what I will go through if I do this wrong. I love my wife or my husband too much to put my them through what I well, this wrong, what it would cause. I love my family. I love, I mean, you can I love my grandkids that I don't even have yet too much. Y'all understand? Some of us, some of us, you know, can't go see grandma and granddad in one pop. So you, you got to spend, you know, you got to, you know, you got to travel across town on holidays. Talking about 40 years of residue. All I'm saying is, is that we need to find some motivation. And sometimes I think we're just not motivated enough to do what's right. Just do right. And we need to find motivation to do that. So it cost them 40 years. Verse 2 reads on. A certain man named man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you, that you drink no wine or fermented drink, that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. This is a pronouncement about the son that she will have whose name is Samson. And I'm sure at some point you heard about Samson, strong Samson. This is the angel of the Lord telling them, you're going to have a boy, and his name is Samson. So we're going to look at it's not over through the lens of the Israelites and Samson. So our subtitle for the message today is, I messed up again. <laughs> I messed up again. I messed up again. So I, I told you guys that the first points of our first message in the series, we were going to continue because I want to make sure we get these things, these points in our spirit. So each message, though it's going to have a different subtitle, we're going to mention these things again each time. So... The first point, write this down. Why is it important to understand that it is not over? Why is it important to understand that it is not over? Now, write this down. So that we can live according to the will of God. So that we can live according to the will of God. We first looked at this truth through the incidents leading to Jesus' arrest and crucifixion. And we saw that uh, Jesus had prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, you know, let your will be done, not mine. And they came to arrest Jesus, and old Peter pulled out his sword and cut the man's ear off. 
And Peter, and Jesus told Peter, you know, put your sword away. I asked you last week, what do you need to put away? What tool are you using to get outside of the will of God? Because Peter used the sword, and he got outside of God's will. Jesus told Peter that, it, don't you know that if I wanted to, I can ask the Lord, and he can send more than 12 legions of angels to come? If, that's, I, want, if I want to fight that battle, he said, no, but they're arresting me because I got a job to do, and God's got a will for for me, and his will is that I take this, I drink of this cup. So what you're doing, Peter, is against the will of God. So we looked at that. And so when I understand that I have to not feel the desperation of it being over, because y'all know when we get desperate, we do desperate things. If we feel like it's over, and we feel like our back is against the wall, and then we, we start to Say, do, think some crazy stuff because it's like I'm desperate. I don't know what to do. So Peter, out of desperation, cut some man ear off and was outside of God's will. So we always need to understand it's not over so we don't feel that sense of desperation and don't resort to tactics that are outside of the will of God. We talked about that. So here, Hebrews 11.6 tells us, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So when I understand it's not over, it helps me operate in faith so that whatever I do, say, or think is in faith. Not in my feelings, not in my opinion, it's in faith. I said what I said in faith, not because I was hurt, not because you talked about me and made me feel bad. No, I said it in faith. Now, y'all know that that's not usually what happened, right? Usually <laughs> we say stuff because we're in our feelings, so if I understand it's not over, it helps me to operate in faith and therefore please God. Jesus was about to get, you know, y'all know what happened to him. And he was still, he was operating in faith. No, God's will, so it's all, I know it's going to be tough, but I got to go through it. And so we have to operate in faith. Look what it says. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So staying in the will of God is pleasing God. When you're outside of the will of God, you're not pleasing God. And the only way you can stay in the will of God is by faith. By faith. By faith. Operating in faith. Hebrews 11, 32 and 34 goes on and tells us more. And here we know in Hebrews 11, we have God listing a whole bunch of people who live by faith. And at the very end of that list, he says this, this about some in Hebrews 11, 32 to 34. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, and Samson. There's our case study for the day. And Jephthah about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith, who through faith, conquered kingdoms, 
administered justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fiery, the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength. I, I, I bolded that because that references Samson. We're going to see, and you know the story. You know his weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle, battle and who routed foreign armies. And that references Samson as well. He routed some foreign armies. We're going to talk about that. So Samson, though he again and again got outside of God's will, he still made what we, are, we term the hall of faith. This is some important information because some of us, have made mistakes over and over again. We look back over our track record and we just see mistake after mistake after mistake. The story of Samson should give us some hope that I can turn it around. Because Samson made mistake after mistake after mistake. We just talked about how the Israelites, again, <laughs> again, Samson had agains too. We got agains. But the story here gives us hope that God can still be pleased with us. And God mentions Samson's name. Ain't that something? Right. So this leads us to the other questions. Who is it not over for? You don't have to write anything unless you want to make some notes on that. I just want to give the points. We've covered them before. But it's not over for those who decide that God's will is most important and put their trust in Jesus Christ. That's who it's not over for. What is it then? If it's, it's not over, what is it? It is whatever challenges a person can face in life. That's what it is. Any challenge you can face in life is it. D, why is it not over? It's not over because Jesus Christ has overcome all troubles. I gave you the scripture references to these points before. But Jesus has overcome all of our troubles. That's why it's not over. Right? But we got to understand this, this doesn't pertain to everybody. It's only not over for those who put their trust in God and put God's will first. So now we, in both of the other messages, we, we looked at when it's not over, some situations and when it's not over. Now we want to look at this in the life, through the life of Samson. So when is it not over? Number one, write this down. It's not over when your spouse or fiancé marries your bestie. <laughs> it's not over when your spouse or fiancé <laughs> marries your bestie. <laughs> Let that think marinate with you a little bit because we've heard stories and we may even know some people and maybe it was us who we thought it was over and we lost it and did something when we found out your bestie was, you know, behind your back, you know, messing with your person that you loved. And so here in the Stamson story, we see this. Judges 14, and, and by the way, you can read more details about Samson. Just read three or four chapters of Judges, Judges 13, 14, 15, and 16 covers the whole life of Samson, uh, and you can read about it. I'm just going to pull some things out of this story here. 
So Judges 14, 19b and 20 says, but Samson was furious about what had happened. Okay, let me pause right there. <laughs> let me tell you what happened. Um, Samson had uh, saw a woman that caught his eye. And he told his parents, told his father, get me that woman. I want to marry her. And, uh, and so she was a Philistine woman. And so Samson made some arrangements. In fact, the scripture says that God was going to use this relationship between Samson and this woman to fulfill what we read earlier that God said about the child that the barren woman was going to have, Samson's mother. He said that he will start or begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. And God was going to use this relationship to get it started, to get the deliverance of Israel from out of this relationship. But the Bible tells us that. And so Samson had engaged himself with this woman. They were actually going through the marriage ceremony. They were going through it. It, it reads on. Um, well, we'll see it in a second. So what happened is after, and at this point, understand too, at this point, Samson had broken two aspects of the, the vow of the Nazarite. Remember, God told the mother that he was going to be a Nazarite dedicated to God um, from the womb and for the rest of his life. And what that meant was that he would not eat or drink any fruit of the vine. And so that means nor could his mother while she was carrying him. That also meant um, that he would not partake or touch anything unclean. And then the third thing it meant is that he would not cut his hair at all. Never cut his hair. Those are the three aspects of the vow of the Nazarite. And this was supposed to happen from the womb, right? So at this point, Samson had already broken two of them. He had went down on one of his trips to see this woman. He got attacked by a lion. And with his bare hands, he ripped the lion apart. That was a bad dude. Yeah. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a mountain lion. You know, like, you know, what, about a couple months ago, I don't know if you heard on the news, this guy killed a mountain lion and he choked it to death or suffocated it to death somehow. It was a cub. Yeah, yeah it was a cub. Exactly. It was a, yeah, yeah. But it was a mountain lion, you know. It's, he domesticated to some extent, you know. It's, what Samson ran into wasn't that. So don't compare the two. It, it, this, it, this, you know, this was a ferocious, he ripped it apart. And then on another trip to see this woman, Samson saw the 
lion that he had killed, the carcass of the lion he had killed, and some bees had created a beehive in the carcass, and there was honey there. So it's a dead carcass. That means it's unclean. So Samson's not supposed to touch it or eat anything unclean. So since the carcass is unclean, the honey is unclean. Samson went in and ate some of the honey. And he gave it, some of it, to his parents. But they didn't know he had, where he had got it from. So he had broke one of the vows there. And then, the, just before we pick, here, pick up here in the text, Samson was, they was having the wedding feast. So it was a seven-day ceremony of leading up to the wedding and consummation of the wedding. And Samson threw this big party. And it, Scripture doesn't say clearly, but it strongly implies that Samson, you know, got a little tipsy, you know, up in that, you know, during that time. And he wasn't supposed to partake of any fruit of the vine. Second vow busted. And so now the text picks up uh, here where Samson, uh, he told some of the, 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 the people who were um, groomsmen, if you will, for his wedding, a riddle. And the riddle had to do with him killing this, this lion and eating this honey, or the honey being in the lion. And they couldn't figure it out until they told this woman to coax him into telling him what the riddle, answer to the riddle is. And so finally, um, on, after the, I think it said the fourth day of the feast ceremony, the wedding ceremony time, that Samson told her the answer to the riddle. She told them they gave the answer, and Samson had promised to give them 30 sets of clothes. If whoever gets who, if they don't figure it out in seven days, they got to give him 30 clothes, and, if it, and, and vice versa if they do figure it out. So Samson had to, he lost. And he lost because his wife-to-be gave up the information. So now here again in the text, it's picking up once he found out what had happened. It says, uh, Judges 14, 19, but Samson was furious about what had happened, and he went back home to live with his father and mother. So now he did not complete the week of consummating the marriage. He left in fury and went back home to be with his mother and father. Then verse 20 says, so his wife was given in marriage to the man who had been Samson's best man at the wedding. Okay. All right. <laughs> Samson, this happened, and Samson didn't know. And remember also, he didn't just like this woman. He was in love with her. He, he fell in love with her. He was like, yeah, I like that. I love that. But in his anger, he left. He didn't finish consummating the marriage. So his wife was given away. 
So again, the point is, again, it's not over when your spouse or fiance marries your bestie. <laughs> All right. Y'all know some crazy things happen. And we've seen some of this in our world today where best friends become more than best friends to your, the one you love. It happens in our, in our, uh, our uh, celebrities. It happens a lot with celebrities. It happens in the hood. <laughs> okay. It happens. Y'all might be thinking about something y'all know right now that went a little shady. Right? And here, and then, then Judges 15, 1 and 2 gives us more clarity about this. Um, later on, during the wheat harvest, Samson took a young goat as a present to his wife. He said, I'm going into my wife's room and sleep with her. Okay? But her father wouldn't let him in. So Samson went back, and now he wants to go back and, and consummate the wedding, the marriage. But her father didn't let him in. And it says, verse 2, I truly thought, he says, um, and he said, I'm going into my wife's room to sleep with her, but her father wouldn't let him in. Verse 2, I truly thought you must hate her, her father explained, so I gave her in marriage to your best man. So shady stuff was going on a long time, y'all. It ain't, it ain't just new in your life. Okay? <laughs> shady. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I've made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes, and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God, and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at QuenchLifeCF to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. His enemies are saying their God is better than Samson's God. Y'all know that ain't true, right? But they're believing it because of what happened. And I'm telling you today, your enemies celebrate too when you lose you put down your Christianity and do something that's against the will of God they say yeah I knew I knew something was not quite right yeah he walk around here like he all that but look now 
and they're celebrating and they're praising their God, Dagon, because they defeated Samson, giving God, our God, a bad name. But it's not over. Thank you for listening.